I'm excited to share the word with you. Mosaic Life, we love you all, every single one of you. And if you're new, then welcome, welcome to family, welcome home. Uh, let's have a great time in the word today. Um, and so we, today we're going to continue our message series, uh, The Call, and today we're going to get into part five, and, and the title of my message today is What Could Be Missing? Before we do that, before we pray, let's take a moment to read our central passage for this series, and it can be found right here in 1 Corinthians 1, 26 and 29, and it says this, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, that no one may boast before him. And what Scripture is trying to communicate to us is that God chose each and every one of you. He chose us to step out, to know him, and to do the things that he's called us to do. And you might even have been in a position or situation in life where, like, God, there's so many other people that are more worthy of your love. There's so many other people that are worthy of your call, but God chose us. I want you to get that. Let's take a moment to pray, and we're going to jump into our message today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, you are so good. Today, bring it alive. Help it to make sense. Let it be practical. Let it minister to us. God, the truth is, we need to hear from you today. We need to hear a word from you today. I pray, God, that you would strengthen us, encourage us, but also convict us and challenge us. Help us, God. We love you. Thank you for your word. Speak to us today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You ready? You ready? All right, to get started, I need a volunteer. Can we get a volunteer? I need uh, one person to a answer a very profound, hard, tough question. It's actually really simple. Can I get a volunteer? Uh, this young lady right here, did you have your hand? Can you, can you make your way over here? You can totally keep on your mask and, and, and come up here really quick. Yeah. And so, let me, does this, this stretch? All right. So, I'm going to ask you a really tough question. Have you ever uh, put together a puzzle? Okay. Now, have you ever put together a puzzle and the last piece was missing? How did that make you feel? How do you think it would make anyone feel if you got to the end of the puzzle and you didn't have the last piece? Can we just give her a round of applause? That was it. <laughs> My son, he, he absolutely loves puzzles. And uh, my, my son and my daughter, from a young age, what we did was we, we really taught them how to do puzzles. And my son got some cool puzzles, some dinosaur puzzles, and some different kinds of puzzles. And, and, and my, my hope and my idea was to teach them strategy and technique to get them to think about how to go about certain things. So from a young age, I've always taught them puzzles. And so my, my son has these puzzles, and, and, and we love spending time, and we'll put them together, and it never fails. We get to the end and the last piece is missing. Every single time. And I'm like, son, go check under your bed. Would, would you go check in the toy thing over there? Would you, where is the last piece? And it causes so much frustration because you know that you're so close to something beautiful, to something complete, to something finished, for something to be the way it's supposed to be. And there's a missing piece. 
If you've ever paid attention to any kind of science, they're always talking about, you know, genetics and, uh, and, and the, the strand, DNA strands and how certain links connect to each other and, and, and it just works and it functions. And if you paid attention to any, uh, paid attention to enough, they'll, they'll say something about that missing link. That if I, they can just get this other piece of DNA, this other piece of this genetic link, it'll, it'll complete things. It'll make things whole and complete. And it just doesn't work outside of that. But I want to say this to the church today. I want to say this to Christ followers. If you are a Christ follower, for us, the goal is to be more like Christ. That's the goal. At the end of the day, that's what it is, to be more like Christ, to live like he lived and to do what he did. And I want to share a passage with you today, a verse. In John chapter 2, verse 6, it says this. It says this, get this. It says, if we say we are his, come on, somebody. If we say that we belong to him, if we say we're a Christian, if we say we're a Christ follower, that's right, I follow Jesus. If I say that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, if we say that we're his, comma, it's, it, it says this, we must follow the example of Christ. To, to, to live out what he lived, to do what he did, if we say we are his. That's the goal. That's the marker. That's the bar set. That's it right there. That we would follow his example, do what he did, and live the way he lived. So I've been thinking about what are the qualities that Jesus have? Well, I was looking up here on crosswalk.com, and I checked their list, and I verified their list. You're welcome. This is some free information just for you. You thank me later. But what qualities did Jesus have? I listed, there's 10 here, or Crosswalk has them. Uh, loving, First John, forgiving, Luke, humble, Mark, compassionate. This is what Jesus was. Matthew, gentle, Matthew, self-controlled. Come on, somebody. James, patience, hey, obedient. I'm always praying that over my life, that I would be obedient to what God asks of me. Philippians, honest, John, prayerful, and Luke, we see how Jesus was. We see the qualities that he has. You're thinking, how am I going to do that? Okay, I, I say that I'm a Christ follower. Now I got to I gotta live that out. How? His qu 10 qualities that Jesus has. How, how am I going to do that? There's only one way. And the truth is, the disciples couldn't do it. The truth is, Peter could not do it until this. Jesus gathered with his disciples and he said this to them in Acts chapter 1. And in verse 8, he said, But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's what Jesus said. And then I want you to see what happens here in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says this, when the day of Pentecost came, remember 50 days after the Passover, it says this, when Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. 
Wow, right? I remember the first time, not the first time, I remember when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember I was uh, with my pastor, we were hanging out, we were driving, and we we're having a conversation. We we're talking about all this kind of stuff, and we we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and we we're talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and we were driving, and he's driving, and I'm sitting on the passenger seat, and he says, hey, um, or I say, uh, hey, you know, can, can you just, you know, I, I need to know a little bit more about this. Can you tell me about this? He's like, well, let's just start worshiping God right now in the car. And so we began worshiping God in the car. And as that's going, all of a sudden, like, all of a sudden, I just was like, I started speaking in tongues. It started coming out in the car. We're driving. And I had this amazing in moment encounter. I felt this warm sensation come over my body. And all of a sudden, these words started coming out. It was this beautiful, beautiful moment. It's a moment that I'll never forget. And I think about the disciples in this moment in Acts chapter 2. Peter and the other disciples, they're filled with the Holy Spirit in one of the most powerful and important moments in Scripture. See, prior to that moment, though, prior to that moment, I can imagine they sat in the upper room day after day wondering what they were going to do next, but not just what they were going to do, but how they were going to do it. You know, you know, John, John, I just, you know, we, we, we heard everything that Jesus said. Bartholomew, we, we know what Jesus told us to do. We know the example that he gave us. We sat under his lessons. You know, we, we, we got a front row seat to everything that Jesus did. And, and, and now Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. He's, he's ascended into heaven. What are we going to do? And I can imagine they were in that upper room and they were, they were gathered, the disciples, and they're worshiping, and they're praying, but they still wondered, what are they going to do next? See, how are they going to live it out? probably thinking, you know, if something doesn't happen, if something doesn't change, if we don't know what to do, then, you know, eventually people are going to fall away. Christians, the, the, these Christ followers, these, these believers are suddenly are, are going to fall away from Christ and, 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 and they're up there and, and, and they're wondering how will we ever accomplish the things that Jesus said we'll do to live like Jesus did and to do what Jesus did. How will that happen? And in that moment, the Holy Spirit comes over them. Jesus taught all these things, right? And maybe you're here today and you're, and you're wondering or you're watching, you're listening here today. And when I ask you the question, how are you going to become more like Christ? See, the bar has been set. The bar, the bar, the bar is there. Right, we, we just read the bar. How are you going to become more like Christ? How are you going to do it? Are we just going to accept the mundane? Well, I'm barely across the line. I love Jesus, but that's it. And, you know, nothing else in me is going to, going to change my character. You know, my, my habits, these things just stay the same. I'm forgiven and that's good. But, and there's no, uh, the bar is there. How are we going to become more like Christ? How are we going to sustain our faith for the long run? Because the truth is, you probably watch somebody become a Christian and then suddenly kind of just dwindle off, right? So how are we going to sustain our faith in the long run? And I want to say this to each and every one of us. God wants to see you this year step into new levels of things that he's prepared for you. He's a good, good father. He loves you. He knows you. He desires. He believes in you. He sees things in you that you may not even see in yourself. 
And he wants you to step into those things. He wants you to trust you with those things. And some things that might not even be easy, but when you get there, you're going to, wow. God, you've always loved me and known me. So I ask you again, just as I asked you over the course of this series, do you want the best that God has for you? And if the answer is yes, then let's keep going with this sermon. But the answer is no, I can stop right now. And he knows. Just, just kidding. I was going. I wasn't going to stop anyway. I was. I was. I was, I was, I was, I was so here's what I want to tell you today. This is what I want to tell you. Are you ready? The power of the Holy Spirit in your life is the sustainability to live out this Christian life, to live like Jesus lives. The power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's it. See, one of the hardest things in this life can be to live it out. That, that that's it right there. See, Peter was embarking on a new journey. He no longer had Jesus with him physically. That meant he had to walk it out by himself. That meant that Peter had to come to the place and say, okay, Jesus is gone. Okay. Okay, I'm a Christ follower. That's who I am. You know, I, I, I've denied him three times, but he forgave me. I'm a Christ follower. This is who I am. So I got to walk it out now. I, I, I got to live it. My walk has got to match what I've declared who I am. I don't know if you've ever watched any of those uh, house fixer-upper flipper shows. Any of you ever watched those shows? My wife and I, we love those shows, those the DIY do-it-yourself shows. And they make it look so easy and you get started and you're trying to do something. You went to Home Depot. You got all the supplies, right? And then, then you're there and you're like, well, this ain't that easy. This ain't, this ain't that easy. And there's a couple of brothers in the church that are like kind of like my heroes of DIYs, house projects. Let me shout you out real quick. Greg, Javi, uh, Gonzalo, Jose. So there, there's some brothers here that are just awesome. I call them, listen, I made a mess. What can, can you help me? But you get into that thing where you get excited, but it's, it's a lot harder than you thought it was going to be. And Peter saw how Jesus did it. But now he was going to have to do it himself. And I don't know if you've noticed, but sometimes life can be tough at times. Life doesn't hold any punches, right? Life, just, life comes and wants to connect. But life doesn't come and go like, ah, it's Maria. Okay, let me put it back. Right? Ah, it's, it's, it's Moises. Let me, ooh, okay. It's, it's, it, 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 it's, it's my brother. Oh, no, it's, oh, oh, no, not her. Let me pull that back. Life doesn't do that, right? Life, life, life hits. And then the enemy, even worse, Satan, the devil, because he's not always looking to get you when your faith is on high, right? Your, your faith is on high. Oh, God is good. Everything's good around me. Ooh, ooh. He's not always looking to get you. He's looking to get you as soon as life comes and just connects, Right there in that moment when your faith is being tested, then, then he's looking. It's kind of like jump rope, and he's looking to, okay, when, 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 when is life hitting him? And I'm going to jump right in. And he comes with that temptation, that temptation. And you've been stressed out, that, that thing that can help numb your, your anxiety, your feeling, your pain, or to, to give you a little bit of pleasure, or, or, or to kind of just take your mind off of things and he comes with that temptation. Just, 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 just mess with this a little bit because life is just hard. So, just, so just, just go ahead and right there when your faith is being tested. Will you go and you, you, you mess with that? Will you go and get involved with that? 
And he wants to get you right there. He wants to get you right there. And if you are a Christ follower, you are called to live like Jesus lived. Now, I know that that can be seem impossible to sustain, but unless you got this missing link, unless you got this missing puzzle piece, Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. He's empowered. He's strengthened. Something happened on the inside. I want to say this. The Holy Spirit is holy. Holy. The Holy Spirit is holy. The Holy Spirit is pure, is beautiful, is clean. And what does the enemy want to do? He wants to test the good thing that God's done in your life. He wants that negative reaction out of you. Is there anybody in your life that you feel like can kind of push your buttons a little bit? Kind of just, just, and you're like, no, I love Jesus. I'm going to try to be cool. Right, because we just want to be cool. We just want to be relaxed. We don't want no drama. I want to be drama free. I don't want nobody. I just, I just, I just want to, I just want to do me. I, I just want to love the Lord and do me. That, that, that's it. I don't want no drama. Right, but, but the enemy wants to put somebody in position just to kind of test you to see. What's going to happen? See how you're going to react. See if you're going to explode. See if you're going you're gonna to turn into something else. And you're, right away you're thinking, oh, oh, uh, you want that to come out? You want that, that person to come out on you? You just watch out. Watch out. I'll come out. It's been a while since I let that side of me come out. But for you, I'll make an exception. Come on, somebody. It's the Holy Spirit that can sustain us. You know, right after Peter and the disciples are filled with the Holy Spirit and they have this, this amazing encounter with God, there's some people that come up to him and say, you know what, y'all must be drunk. You guys must have been sipping on something because what are you doing? And here's this beautiful thing and they come at them like that. They come at them, and, and, and I'm thinking about Peter, and, you know, Peter could have just really went off on them. We're talking about Peter, the one that, that, that cut off somebody's ear when somebody was trying to arrest Jesus. We're talking about Peter who, who don't take nothing from nobody, and, and he, he, he could have just got them. And I want you to see what it says. It says this in Acts chapter 2 and in verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Now, what's Peter about to do? About to let him have it, right? You, you saying that we've been sipping on? You saying that we've been drunk? No. Peter's like, wait, hold up. You think we've been doing something wrong, but actually what happened today is what Jesus promised, what the Old Testament prophets foretold. And he says this in verses 16 and 17, he says this. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, right, in the Old Testament. He says this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And then he continues to go on. See, being filled with the Holy Spirit has always been God's plan. It's always been his plan. He said, he said this in the Old Testament, and Jesus says it in the New Testament. This empowering that he meant for you changes everything. And it changed everything for the disciples. See, they've had the, the lessons of Jesus. They had the front row to, to listen to Jesus speak. Wow, that's, that's awesome wisdom. They had all these things that they saw. And now they have the sustainability through the Holy Spirit to live like Jesus lived. In John chapter 14, in verses 15 through 17, it says this. If you love me, this is Jesus speaking, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, talking about the Holy Spirit, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. And then this, 
You know him, for he dwells with you. He dwells with you and will be in you. Hear me out. Hear me out. Too many Christians just try and survive on the lessons of God. As long as I know what the Bible says, and that's huge. That's, that's, that's absolutely huge. You got to know the word of God. I mean, that's, that's got to be like 75, 80, 90%. You, you got to know the word of God. But what you're missing is the Holy Spirit, not just dwelling with you, but living in you. Jesus says, wherever two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. And that's true. That's what Jesus says. That's the word of God. That's, we, we invoke the presence of God, but that's different from the individual believer who has to walk out this Christian life by themselves. Because we all got to walk it out. No one else's faith is going to do it for you. You cannot rely on your, your parents or your grandparents or your aunt or uncle or your neighbor or the person sitting next to you's faith. It's, it's your faith. It's, 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 it's your walk. This is the difference here from the Holy Spirit living in you and dwelling with you. I want to say this. Maybe, maybe you've been filled with the Holy Spirit at one point in your life, but you've suppressed his voice. You don't listen for him anymore. You don't seek him anymore. You don't pray in the spirit anymore. In one way or another, you've, you've silenced him. Paul, in his letter to the church in Ephesus, he gives instruction for Christian living, and he lists all kinds of things that would suppress the Holy Spirit. And he, and he says this in, in, in Ephesians 4.30, towards the bottom of the list, he says this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve. Do, do, don't suppress him. Because I want to tell you this, church. You are at your best in him. Your best is in him. Your strength is in him. Your sustainability is in him. King David knew this in Psalms 51 verse 11. He just makes this huge sin and this mistake. And, and he knows that he did the wrong thing in, in God's eyes. And he's praying this prayer. He's asking for forgiveness. And then he says this. Cast me not away from your presence. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. Why would King David pray that way? Why would he, why would he say that? Because he understands the only way to sustain this walk. And stay faithful with God. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way. You cannot just know the lessons of God. You will walk it out and do good. But the truth is, you're relying on your own strength. And you will stumble and fall. But the only way to sustain this walk is through the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. The power of the Holy Spirit in our lives is the sustainability to live off this Christian life, to live like Jesus lived. And the second thing that I want to share with you, and I'm going to close with this, is the power of the Holy Spirit is the power to do the things God calls me to do, that he impresses on my heart, that he speaks to me, that he gives me this desire to do what Jesus did. You know, often we hear about the things Jesus did, and we marvel at them. Wow! That's so amazing! Jesus did what? Wow, he healed people. People were blind, now they see, they were lame, and now they walk. He taught with such wisdom. It was so amazing. But we dismiss the possibility for our own lives. 
See, our own human reasoning doesn't allow us to comprehend how we could possibly ever do anything like that. And yet Jesus says in John chapter 14 and verse 12, he says this, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same, someone say same, works I have done and even greater, someone say greater, because I am going to be with the Father. Someone say with the Father. This is what Jesus says. And we read that passage, and it becomes so easy to believe almost every passage of Scripture. I mean, well, I, I, I'll believe that Jonah was swallowed by a whale, but how am I possibly going to believe that I'm going to do the things that Jesus did and even greater? How? How, how can that be? What did Jesus do? He taught the truth. He healed people physically. He overcame temptation. Jesus says, you'll do these things and even greater. Let me read the passage to you one more time. John chapter 14, verse 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. The same works, greater works because of his position with the Father. See, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And he says, listen, Father, we sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there. That's us. We're here. Three in one. We're here. But listen, the Holy Spirit's there. Let's do it. Let's do it. They, may they be blessed. May they do signs and wonders. May they preach the word of God boldly. May they overcome temptation. May they walk out this, this, this walk faithfully. And Jesus sits there at the right hand of the Father and communicates. And, and Hebrews tells us that he intercedes for us. That the Holy Spirit does the same. The question I have for you today is what has God impressed on your heart? What is God calling you to do? What does God want you to do in the kingdom of God, in your local church? The only way to see it through is through the Holy Spirit. So I ask you this, just as I asked you in the beginning, do you want the best that God has for you? And I'm talking to you here, talking to the mom, to the dad, to the young person with big dreams. I, I, I'm talking to you that's wrestled with certain things. You've had desires in your heart and your mind and, and you've wondered about your walk and you just want to be faithful with God and you've made a resolution that, that you're, that you're going to grow more in God, that you're going to read your word, that you're going to pray, that you're going to be devoted to these things, that you're going to... This is going to be the time, the season, the year. This is it for me. You've said this is it. He said, you know what? I'm finally going to trust God. There's something that he's placed in my heart. And I think he's called me to do something. I'm supposed to serve in this way. I'm supposed to be a part of it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But, but, but I'm going to do it. And I'm telling you the way to begin that problem. The way to step into those things. Is, is the Holy Spirit. Do you want to step into the things that God's placed on your heart? Do you want the strength to stand strong, to stay consistent, to step into that ministry area that God's calling you? Seek the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13, if you then are who are evil, Jesus is telling them, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What I want to tell you today is desire the Holy Spirit in your life. Desire his voice. Desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Desire it. And beyond that, 
not just desire, but communicate your desire. How many of you know that you can, you can have desire, you can desire something, but if you never speak it out, if you never say it, your heavenly father wants you to speak it out. I just, I, I just, I want the Holy Spirit in my life. Some say, you know, I, 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 don't I receive the Holy Spirit when I get saved? Well, sometimes it works that way. But I, I, the truth is, I can't speak for you. You, you. you tell me, do you feel like the Holy Spirit has, has filled your life? Do you feel that? So here's my challenge for you here today. Would you, would you simply just say, Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit? And if maybe you've suppressed his voice in your life, would you say, forgive me if I've suppressed your Holy Spirit? And just come to that place and just talk to God. And so what I want to do right now is, if that's you in one of those areas, I'm going to ask God's blessing over you. I'm going to, I, I, I want to come life. You're here today and you feel like, hey, that's me. I, I invite you up. I want to put on a mask. Pastor Rodrigo has some, even some face shields. And I just want to lay hands on you and just ask that the Holy Spirit would feel you, if that's you today. And if, if you're watching online, we're going to worship right now. I'm going to call up the worship team. But I'm going to stretch out my hand to you here in just, just a moment. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, you are so good and you are so faithful. Thank you for your word. God, you set this plan that the only way for us to sustain this would be through the power of your Holy Spirit. And God, it's, it's not just your presence being here. I want to be with the presence of God. Absolutely. But it's the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in my life that's going to help me as an individual to walk this thing out, to walk this life out. So I pray, God, today, the way that you've touched me, the way you filled me with your Holy Spirit, that today you would do that very thing. But they simply begin to worship you and just say, Holy Spirit, fill my life. Heavenly Father, I want the Holy Spirit in my life. Heavenly Father, I want the Holy Spirit in my life. And God, I pray you would release your spirit over them. You remind us in Joel that you will send your spirit upon all flesh, young and old and men and women. Would you do that now? Would you do that now? If you're on the other side of this video, I lay my hands on you right now. I anoint you now. Holy Spirit, fill them. Fill them now. Fill them now. May your power come over them right now. Right now in the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ. Right now. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Soto local, local, local. By the power of your Holy Spirit. Right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. If you're watching at home, you just worship with us. 